You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I am your host, Steph, and today I have a, a special guest on. If you guys can see, my cat, my cat is here with me. Um, he just refused to leave my side, so he he's gonna stick around. He also wants to know uh, if Brock Purdy can stay hot versus the Bucks this week because this is the offense. And of course, now he leaves. He's camera shy, I guess. Um, <laughs> so today is the offense preview. Gonna be talking about the 49ers' offense and how they match up against the Bucks' defense. So of course, we're gonna be talking about Brock Purdy plenty. And also, of course, the Bucks defense. So before we do that, let's get into some of the practice report news um, from today, Wednesday, uh, December 7th. Okay, let's look at this really quickly. So obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo with his foot injury uh, isn't practicing right now. And the reason that he's still on the practice reports is because the, they have not placed him I on IR. And I will talk about that here in a little bit because it gets a little complicated. So Tarverius Moore also not practicing. He's out for a few weeks as well with a knee injury. Hassan Ridgeway is going to miss six to eight weeks with a pec injury. He got hurt in the Dolphins game as well. The 49ers worked out defensive lineman Marlon Davidson. So they are looking for some depth um, at the interior um, it, for Ridgeway's place, you know, they like to, um, have a lot of depth at the defensive line. Javon Kinlaw is s- supposed to be coming back soon. That was according to Kyle Shanahan, I believe last week. Um, and obviously he's not going to be activated this week or brought back from IR yet. So we're still waiting on that. So that's why the 49ers have to look outside for some, uh, depth after uh, Ridgeway, since he's going to be out for a few weeks. Nick Bosa is dealing with a hamstring injury, although I have a feeling it's more of a closer to a vet day than than anything. He usually does get a vet day on Wednesdays, but they called it a hamstring injury, so maybe he is dealing with something. Uh, but he finished the game just fine on Sunday, so I would assume it isn't anything to worry about. Also, Trent Williams getting the rest day as he usually does on Wednesdays. Then for the limited players today, we had Eric Armstead. Not a surprise there. I mean, I completely would expect the 49ers to manage um, his load throughout practice weeks. And uh, it just makes the most sense because with that plantar fasciitis, um, that can be something that lingers. It could be something that flares up. So no reason for them to... Uh, have him doing a whole lot in practice because we saw what he looked like on uh, on Sunday. He looked great in his first game back, and he made a big impact and helped uh, Nick Bosa get a couple of his sacks, I would say. So no worries there with Eric Armstead. Debo Samuel still dealing with his quad. No worries there with Samuel either because he was dealing with the quad last week, ended up playing. He looked fine playing, didn't look like he re-aggravated it or anything. So that's good on the Debo Samuel front. Spencer Burford is also limited today with his ankle injury. He was out last week. Um, and Christian McCaffrey dealing with knee irritation also played last week. So he should be okay too. They're just managing him. And on the Buck side, 
Ford did not practice. Two of their safeties, Mike Edwards and Antoine Winfield, did not practice today, as well as their right tackle, Tristan Wirfs. So that's the big one because Wirfs, the, uh, the Bucks' offensive line is pretty good, maybe one of the best in the league. And uh, Wirfs being out, he's going to be out for a few weeks for them. That's pretty big. So um, he's not expected to play this week. And that is good news for this 49ers defensive line. And then, of course, limited is uh, their corner, Sean Murphy Bunting and nose tackle Vita Vea. All right. What's going on to all you guys in the comments? And Jimmy's INT. What do you mean by that? Uh, Swan Song says Wirfs is nursing a high ankle. Most likely he will not play. Yep, um, exactly. So that's good news for the 49ers uh, defensive line. Now, really quickly, because I did mention Jimmy Garoppolo, and uh, I also wanted to point out that Kyle Shanahan did say today, uh, it was the first time Kyle Shanahan confirmed anything new about Jimmy Garoppolo. He said, quote, he has a way outside chance to return in the playoffs, a way outside chance. And he said late in the playoffs, too. So Shanahan is not really with this six-week timetable that, you know, a lot of people seem to be throwing out there for Garoppolo. And, you know, that makes some sense because it's one thing for it to heal. It may be an entirely different thing to play immediately after it heals, um, you know, just having to build that confidence back in, in your foot again, have being able to plant um, on it you know, being able to run on it if you need to, all of those things go into, uh, you know, the team's decision to bring him back or not. And so maybe they're not trying to risk it, you know? So it seems like there's an outside chance, but I guess we'll, we'll just have to wait and see the, the big key will be if they put him on injured reserve. Because if they put him on IR, it basically, I'd say probably 75% and up, it means that he would not come back this season if they placed him on IR. And I'll tell you why. Because currently, as it stands, the 49ers can only um, bring back two more players from injured reserve. And... The most likely candidates for that at the moment are Elijah Mitchell and Javon Kinlaw. So if they put Jimmy Garoppolo on IR, it's likely because they don't think he's going to return even in the playoffs. So that um, that kind of complicates things a bit, but it would also clear up the picture a little bit because if they put him on IR, at least then we would know that he's probably not going to come back. Hassan Ridgeway out six to eight weeks as well, as I mentioned. They might elect to not put him on IR either, or if they do, again, maybe they feel like he's on the uh, wrong side of, you know, the six to eight week timeline, probably won't come back or they won't need him back. So um, we'll learn a lot in, in the next week or so on if they decide to put either Garoppolo and or Ridgeway on injured reserve. So we'll, we'll just have to keep an eye on that. 
Um, Swan Song says Tim K report said several bones broken. Okay, yeah, and and see that right there could also be a reason why, um, you know, Kyle Shanahan is saying that he might not come back. It's a long shot, pretty much. Yeah, Kyle is always vague on injuries if he can help it. I don't, I don't know why, um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we're gonna find out from Kyle. Unfortunately, the you know how many bones are broken. So uh, we'll, we'll just have to go off of based off of outside reports, I guess. Yeah, Diego says healing plus rehab. Yeah, that that could extend the timeline a little bit. I assume that it's in there, but like it's a different thing just going into play, right? So uh got to keep that in mind. It's not 100%. He would be the same player right after those uh you know 6 to 8 weeks. So hopefully Jimmy Garoppolo is back, but it's not a 100% certainty. Um wouldn't be holding my breath for the moment. It is Brock Purdy time. And uh yeah, we're going to rally behind Brock. But let's talk about the Bucks defense because that's who um, that is who uh, Brock Purdy is going to need to be playing this week, and it's a significantly tougher matchup than that of the Miami Dolphins. So I'm going to just go over some of these stats here, as I always do. Uh, so the Bucks defense this season, they are third in first downs allowed per game. Uh, fourth in sack percentage, fourth in yards allowed per completion, fifth in points allowed per game. They're only allowing an average of 18.3 points per game. That is pretty low. Um, Seventh in passing yards allowed per game, also pretty low at uh, 195.3. Eighth in total yards per game, Eighth in touchdowns allowed per game. 18th in rushing yards allowed per game. So this point on, this is these are, I guess, their flaws, I guess you can say. 19th in average rushing yards per carry. They allow an average um, uh, yards per attempt, 4.5. So it's, that's not terrible. It's also not great. 22nd in interceptions per game. Uh, with 0.6. Uh, so this is the thing with the Bucks defense. They are pretty good. Um, they're they're better than the Dolphins' uh, defense. Their sack percentage, as as seen here, they're fourth best in the league in how often they sack uh, quarterbacks uh, based on how many pass rushing attempts. So that's what the sack percentage is. Um, so they're getting to the quarterback pretty often um, and not allowing a whole lot of yards. And I would imagine this is going to be a really big test for Brock Purdy um, coming off that game uh, against the Dolphins. He he did, you know, he looked good, but let's just keep this in mind. It's going to be a different kind of game against the Bucks. The Bucks are going to have some film on Brock Purdy. There's some good things on film. There's some things that I think the Bucks are going to look to, you know, exploit. So I uh, definitely think this is going to be a tough matchup for this team. 
What's going on, Jesse? He said he's here for the Bosa impression. You're going to have to wait for Friday. Um, I'm going to start charging people for Bosa impressions on command. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I'm I'm excited for this week's Bose impression. I got so much good material in the last week. At this point, I, I'm convinced he's he's just giving me good material on purpose. He wants to see what I do with it. So it's <laughs> it's it's gonna be fun for sure. Um, only fans Bose impressions. That would be something, wouldn't it be? <laughs> um, so yeah, let's let's look at now the trenches. Okay, the battle of the trenches here. If you look at just PFF grades alone, which I wouldn't suggest ever, right? Um, but just for this, we're going to look at PFF grades. They don't always give the full picture. And I think this is a great example of that because PFF shows that there isn't a Bucks defensive lineman with a grade above 63.2. But their production would suggest a much better unit. And I'm just going to go with you know, those rankings and, you know, because that's based on like their trends, their actual production. Uh, William Golson and Akeem Hicks are their better run defenders on this line. Tyron uh, Shoyinka is probably their best pass rusher in terms of, you know, production. And he'll be lining up on Mike McGlinchey's side. McGlinchey has only three games a season in which he hasn't given up a pressure, or I should say in which he's, he has a full clean slate. So only uh, three games. He hasn't allowed a pressure, a QB hit, a sack, nothing, only three games. Um, but he hasn't allowed a sack in four straight games, according to PFF. So that that's a positive for McGlinchey, right? I mean, we'll take that. Shoyinka though, is going to be a bit of a challenge for him, I think. And also whoever plays at right guard this week. Although last week, Daniel Brunskill was at right guard. And Daniel Brunskill did not give up any pressures, any QB hit. He had a clean sheet last week. Uh, so I'm encouraged by either Dan Brunskill or Spencer Burford playing at right guard. Um, and then there's Anthony Nelson on the Bucks defensive line that only has six total pressures this season. So he'll be lining up against Trent Williams, who we seldom ever need to worry about. So I, I don't know if Anthony Nelson is going to get a whole lot of pressures this week um, since he will be lining up against Trent. But then there's Jake Brendel, who gave up three pressures last week, um, has had his less than stellar moments this season. This week he draws Vita Vea who is kind of good at everything. Uh, and he's only missed one tackle this season, which I, I just had to point out because I think that's pretty mind blowing. Uh, what we're in like week 13 now. So to have only missed one tackle is uh, pretty, pretty impressive. Okay. So we looked at the battle of the trenches. Let's look at the positional matchups starting with tight end. So last week uh, against the dolphins, I thought that Kittle was going to have a bigger game because I looked at the Dolphins and how they defended against tight ends and it's not their strength, right? So I was expecting Kittle to kind of go off a little bit and he did not. So he only had three targets and uh, two catches, uh, Garoppolo targeted Kittle once before he went out, so the rest of these stats are 
from Brock Purdy. So maybe if Garoppolo had been in there, he would have had a better game. I don't know, but uh, I do know he only had three targets, two catches, and 22 yards last week. Tyler Croft, um, backup tight end, also got some action. A target and a catch for 14 yards. Um, so let's look at how the Bucks defend tight ends. They do allow an average of 6.8 targets, five receptions, and 50.6 yards per game to tight ends. A little bit better than the Dolphins, I would say, um, but not by a whole lot. They've allowed six touchdowns to tight ends this season. So I feel like there's still an opportunity there if the 49ers want to involve Kittle a little bit more. They can do it uh, this week as well. Now, let's talk about the wide receivers. Uh, we have Brandon Ayuk. He had nine targets, five catches, and 46 yards against the Dolphins last week. Uh, two of those targets came from Jimmy. Uh, and then Debo had 10 targets, six catches, and 58 yards um, he also had the four carries for five yards, which is not great, and uh, 1.3 yards per attempt. I think the thing with Debo and, like, if there's anything that Mike McDaniel knew the most about this offense is probably what the Debo packages look like. So the Dolphins were not caught by any surprise uh, with those, and so I think that that kind of explains that, and it seemed like McDaniel had – his team ready for uh, Debo Samuel as the wide back role. So I think that explains that kind of production for him, but 10 targets. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. And all of those 10 targets came from Purdy. So uh, Purdy threw it to Ayuk seven times, Debo 10, and that is out of 37 pass attempts from Purdy. So that's a pretty healthy target share, um, which I'm encouraged about because, you know, he was uh, getting the ball to both of his receivers. Uh, he can he can work on getting it to Kittle a little bit more, uh, but I think it's encouraging that he, he was getting uh, all of his guys involved. It didn't seem like he had a favorite per se, um, and, you know, everyone uh, got some good good involvement. So the Bucks defense against wide receivers, they allow an average of 19.8 targets, 12.2 receptions, 144 yards to opposing teams wide receiver unit per game. So that is uh, the entire opposing teams wide receiver unit. So not just one guy is averaging this it is all of their receivers combined that average this. So keep that in mind. Uh, I still think there's, there's room to work with here. Uh, they've allowed nine touchdowns to wide receivers this season. So it, you know, it's not, the best they're not the best at um defending against wide receivers they're also not the worst so there's room for the 49ers and for per purdy to um you know target his receivers once again if he uh wants to but let's talk about the running backs let me uh move this real quick all right so the 49ers running backs uh christian McCraft. Christian McCaffrey last week, 17 rushes, uh, 66 yards, 3.9 average. 
He also had 10 targets, eight catches, and 80 yards. He also had the one receiving touchdown. And then Jordan Mason had eight carries, 51 rushes, and uh, six rushes, sorry, 51 yards. I should say 51 yards. And a 6.4 average. So Mason actually was able to improve on the previous week when he had uh, a five-yard per carry average on his five carries uh, when he ended the game against the Saints. He had 6.4 average yards per carry against the Dolphins. Uh, So pretty impressive. He continues to be very efficient. McCaffrey continues to be not as efficient as the other guys. Um, So I don't, I don't know what that's about, but it's okay because he, his involvement goes beyond, you know, just rushing the football. I mean, he got 10 targets that in itself is, you know, just says how much involvement he gets in the pass game as well. And only one of those targets were thrown by Jimmy. So Purdy, threw the ball to McCaffrey nine times in this game. And I think that is also encouraging because he's using his check down option. He's, you know, it's always good to have that outlet uh, receiver for a quarterback, especially a guy like Purdy. Um, So I I think we see a lot of usage out of the backfield um, as pass catcher for McCaffrey going forward, as we have seen, um, but it's good that Purdy is, you know, leveraging that skill set of his. So let's look at the Bucks defense versus running backs. What do they do on average? Uh, they allow an average of 21 carries, 91.8 yards, 4.3 yard average, um, yards per carry average to opposing teams running back unit per game. They've only allowed three touchdowns to running backs this season, which I was a little surprised by. Um, So maybe they're just good at defending runs in the end zone or in the red zone, because if you, if we look back at the stats, they're 18th in rushing yards allowed per game. So middle of the pack there pretty much. And then 19th in average rushing yards per carry. So it's not their strength, right? But clearly they're not allowing a lot of uh, touchdowns to to running backs. So I, I think that um, notable, I think. All right. Now let's talk about the man of the week, the man of the hour, the man of the rest of the season, probably, Brock Purdy. Uh, look, he, he looked great against the Dolphins. He threw it 37 times, which is impressive, you know, uh, and I think the one encouraging thing in a, you know, big takeaway is that Kyle Shanahan did not shy away from throwing the ball, even when with Brock Purdy at quarterback, which to me tells me that that's a vote of confidence right there in, in Brock Purdy and what he's able to do as a passer, he completed 67% of his passes. He looked comfortable. Uh, he can move defenders with his eyes. He's aggressive. A couple things he can improve on, of course. You know, sometimes he can, you know, being aggressive can be a bad thing, especially, you know, this week against like a good defense like the Bucks. They can try to use that to their advantage, try to bait him into making some mistakes. 
so that's something I'm going to be paying attention to this week. Let's keep in mind, once again, that the Dolphins' defense is nowhere near what the Bucks' defense has been this season. And uh, this is going to be a challenge for, for Purdy this week. And I think we have to temper our expectations a little bit. But this is a good test. It, it's a good test. You know, I, I want to see how he does against the Bucks because I think it'll give us an idea of what he's going to look like in these next few weeks. You know, the commanders are also a good uh, defense. Uh, we play them later this month. And of course, like if, if the 49ers make it to the playoffs, you're more than likely going to play a team or two who also has a good defense. So this is a good test for him. Let's see how he does in this game. And, you know, I'm hoping for the best, but it's going to be up to, you know, certain things going right, limiting mistakes, things like that. And, uh, but, but I'm encouraged, right? Cautiously optimistic is what I would say. But Purdy's getting a lot of praise by his teammates. And I think that is huge. Um, I like these guys love Purdy right now. And I, I think it's great to see. And that is also a huge vote of confidence. Brandon Ayuk, uh, the the podcast episode we did yesterday with Andrew, um, I shared that clip of Ayuk. He was on a podcast talking about uh, Brock Purdy. And he said, give me a Brock Purdy all day, pretty much. And he was impressed by, you know, just how he prepared for the game without even, you know, obviously knowing that he was going to end up playing in it. But just he spoke a lot about his uh, preparedness for the game and also how he impressed him afterwards. And he gave, uh, he apologized Tyuk because he missed him on some throws. So obviously making a big impression on these guys, Trent Williams today uh, said this of Brock Purdy as well. Quote, you would think he's been in the league 15 years. If you're talking, he'll say, shut your ass up. Ain't no timid rookie feeling his way round. He will get on your ass. You would think he's like Peyton Manning or something. End quote. That, I mean, that kind of tracks because Debo mentioned also that, uh, you know, Purdy has some balls because he was calling timeout. He wasn't even waiting for Kyle Shanahan to call the timeout. He was doing it himself when when the time uh, the play clock was running down. And uh, yeah, he's he's not feeling his way around. It, it seems like he is in command. You know, now that he knows he's the QB one, I would imagine this is even you know he can step out and you know, be that leader for guys. And it seems like he has that quality to him. So to be making a good impression like this to a guy like Trent Williams, who has, you know, has been in the league for as long as he has, who is as good as he is, I think says a lot. <laughs> you would think he's like Peyton Manning or something. I I mean, I like that. That's that's a great, uh, obviously, quality that, that Purdy has. And I wanted to share also, uh, this, let me see, uh, Kyle Shanahan also said some, a lot of good things about Purdy and shout out to KP for tweeting this out and cutting up this video. He said two minutes of Shanahan telling us how he feels about Brock Purdy and what he wants in a QB. And I'm going to just play the, 
video for you guys. I hope it's not too, uh, I hope the volume sounds okay. Let me know if it's not. Here we go. Every opportunity he's gotten, you know, he didn't get much in OTAs. Um, most of that went to Trey and Nate. And whenever he did, you could see um, what he showed you guys on Sunday. And each time we picked it up, he just showed more of that. Um, he's very aggressive in what he does. Um, sometimes that can keep both teams in the game. So that's stuff that you got to work on as you play more. Um, but that's where you want to start with it. When a guy can make some plays like he does, he gives you a chance to win. And um, we got to figure out what the best way to win with him. I like when a play is there that guys aren't scared to make it. You know, they don't hesitate. They don't take a second look at it. They, they let it rip and they worry about it after. Um, a lot of guys who just guess do that too. So you got to find out. Um, whether they're being aggressive or just if they're deciding then to do it or if they're deciding on Wednesday. And then that's a big difference. So, um, but Brock has been very good with it. He can explain what he sees. And that's why we got a lot of confidence in him and to be able to do that four years in a row. Um, you can tell when guys have done that, they've just, they've just been under center a bunch. Uh, they understand just how to play the game. Um, they've been in it a lot and um, they've been in a lot of situations. Now he's got to see there's a huge difference in the league and stuff like that. But um, you can talk about a lot of things, but you can tell he's been in it. And I think that's how he knows how to play. Fast. Brock's got a good edge to him. Uh, he's, he's quiet, but um I think he's more respectful just being the younger guy in the room and stuff. But, you know, you can tell how like the rookies gravitate to him. I mean, he, he's got good command over them. Our scout team, you know, from Fred and all those guys, they love him. Um, he's aggressive over there. He's not shy in anything he does, but uh, he's fit in with our team well. And he's understood he's his role. And now it's gotten a lot bigger. Whole minutes of um, him talking about Brock But Hardy. I don't think he changed that. <laughs> he just keeps being him and we'll see how it plays out. He's trying to hit someone deeper and the hole was there, but we just got rerouted a little bit. So we couldn't quite get to the hole. And a lot of times when the hole's there, guys will just throw it um, and they'll sail over and go to a cover two safety. And he was able to wait on as long as he could. And then he moved the backer and then got it right to Christian. And just a play like that's huge. It's a second and eight check down, but because of the way you look with your eyes, the timing, how you get there. It's a nine-yard gain instead of a four-yard gain. And um, you play, have plays like that, you never <clears throat> have to see third down. And those are, to me, usually the biggest plays in the game that no one really um, accounts for. So when – okay, obviously those – all of those clips were put together by KP. It wasn't Kyle Shanahan talking about him for two straight minutes, literally. Um, <laughs> but – in, in that one presser, because obviously he was asked about Purdy a lot. Those were the things that he said about him. And look, Kyle Shanahan does not throw out compliments. He doesn't say them just to say them. Uh, and so to say all of that about Purdy, I think, again, just tells you what Kyle thinks about him. He seems to like him a lot. I mean, the 49ers didn't even put a claim in for uh, Baker Mayfield, right? I mean, that also tells you how they feel about who they have right now in Purdy and Josh Johnson and uh, Jacob Eason, you know, but I think in particular Brock Purdy uh, because clearly coach likes him. Clearly. I, uh, I mean... So I'm excited. I, I'm excited to see what, like, a larger sample size, right? And then um, make some decisions from there because we keep bringing up Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins looked great, too. Nick Mullins was a Kyle Shanahan favorite as well. And we all know what happened there. But, you know, obviously this is an exciting time to kind of just see what Purdy can be. And hopefully the 49ers can continue to win 
in the process. Uh, Melissa says, I was shocked by what Trent Williams said. I had heard similar stuff by Fred, but the Silverback saying it took it another level. Yeah, uh, Fred Warner also had some good things to say about him. The the one that like gave me the most comfort was when he said, well, he's been going up against the number one defense in the league for the last, you know, 12 weeks. So he's going to be fine. And yeah, I mean, he has been going up against 49ers defense and that'll, uh, that'll definitely have you learning things quickly, I would imagine. So I think this is a, a great opportunity uh, for Purdy. And uh, I've also mentioned like Brian Greasy. I, I think Greasy deserves some credit for what Jimmy Garoppolo has looked like this season. And so now Greasy takes on a new bigger project in Purdy. And so I think we can expect to see Purdy improve as well and, and work out some kinks in these next couple weeks, starting as soon as this week against the Bucks, because again, it's going to be a tough matchup. Um, let's see. Now, my keys of the game for the offense to end this episode. And, and Honestly, mainly for Brock Purdy, because I think we know what this offense is, but we don't really know what Brock Purdy is entirely. So these are my keys mostly for him and the offense. So run the football. You know, I think the 49ers have been leaning into passing the ball a lot more these last few weeks, and it's been working for them. It's it's going great. Like they've they've had success doing it, which is a little different from what we've usually seen. But I think in this game, just based on the Bucks that being one of their weaker points of their defense, I think running the football may work in this game. And also the one the one thing with that though, if they do run the football, the Bucks might force Brock Purdy to beat them. And in that case, okay, just continue with throwing the football like you have been the last few weeks. But I would still like to see a better balance, um, you know, see what Christian McCaffrey can do. Let's give Jordan Mason some more carries, but because I think he looks like a guy who deserves it, right? Um, and so I would like to see them run the ball more, use their running backs more. Um, also, take care of the football. And uh, I'm looking at you, Brock Purdy. Um, you know, he, he threw the interception last week. The one thing with... Purdy is he doesn't always have a lot of velocity on his throws. That's one thing I think the Bucks are going to see on tape, and they're going to try to exploit that. Also, the fact that he is aggressive. Those two things combined, I think, can come back to bite Purdy, and the Bucks are going to be out looking for interceptions, I think. So um, I think it'll be important for the 49ers to take care of the football and – in particular, Purdy, he has to be, you know, cautious. He has to be careful um, and, and just look to limit his mistakes, you know, and utilize all of the playmakers. He did a great job of doing that last week against the Dolphins, um, and he should be able to do it again. I want to see him do it again because this offense has so much talent on this team. He's in a great situation right now, so you want to be able to you know, maximize the use of all of this talent. And uh, I, you know, 
the usage of Debo was great. He he was throwing it to Ayuk as well. Um, McCaffrey got a lot of targets. I would like to see more Kittle. Um, but, you know, utilize all the playmakers. They're there for you. Have them, you know, if Kyle Shanahan schemes them open, let them do the rest of the work. Um, but, yeah, just just mainly just try to play mistake-free football. And I think uh, the 49ers can win this game with Brock Purdy, but it is certainly going to be a challenge. Uh, so we're going to find a lot, uh, f- find out a lot about Purdy and what this team is going to look like in the playoffs in this matchup, I think. So obviously I'm, I'm hoping for a good outcome. Melissa asks, Steph, is that a Batman tee? Yes, it is. It is a Batman tee. The hundreds brand Batman tee. Yep. <laughs> Steph, have you heard anything new about your Muse, Bosa injury and status? Yeah, I, I mean, I mentioned that in the in the practice report from today, Nick Bosa is dealing with a hamstring injury. That is news to me. I didn't see anyone really um, mention anything about that specifically. So I would just assume that it's it's nothing to worry about. He finished the game on Sunday. Uh, so I, I think it's probably just something precautionary. He also typically does not practice on Wednesdays anyway because he usually gets a rest day. So I wouldn't look too much into it and simply, you know, we'll keep an eye on the practice report throughout the week. And in my next episode on Friday, I'll, I'll give an update on Bosa. Ronnie asks, the Buccaneers like to blitz a lot. Can you see Kyle dial up some quicker short passes? I think that would be very wise for uh, Kyle Shanahan to have ready for this game because he has a rookie um, in there. And you to to have Purdy feel comfortable, um, I think it's going to help to get those rhythm throws, get those quick passes out. And, you know, it'll be beneficial to him. Purdy was sacked, I think, three times last week against the Dolphins, who, by the way, are not – I was surprised by how many times um, he was sacked because the Dolphins aren't that big on getting sacks. Uh, The Bucs, however, are, so I I would be surprised if Kyle Shanahan does not try to get – neutralize the Bucs. Probably see some screen passes as well. so yeah, he he's definitely going to try to make things simple as simple as he can for Purdy. So yeah, I, I would definitely expect that. Uh, Melissa says they said it was irritation days ago with Bosa's hamstring. Okay, yeah, I mean if it's just uh, if it's just irritation, that usually something they manage throughout the week, kind of like they did with Christian McCaffrey, um, and then. So, yeah, we'll, we got to keep an eye on it, and hopefully it's nothing uh, too serious for Bosa. Bryant says, did I miss the Bosa impression? New Bosa impression video on Friday. You guys need to wait for it. But, yes, I'm 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 mentally, like, preparing everything I want to say in it. He gave me a lot of, like, good, good, uh, good content for good ideas this week. So I'm going to try to sprinkle those in there as much as I can. Um, but look guys, that's all for today. If you guys enjoyed this video, make sure that you like this video, 
um, and have a good rest of your Wednesday night. I'll be back on Friday with a 49ers defense preview episode. And uh, yeah, just leave it at that. Have a good rest of your night, guys. Peace.